Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today I have a very, very special guest in my kitchen. Um, I've known this guy for I don't know how many years. We'll get to that later. But uh, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Carl Earth Crisis. Thanks for having me on, bro. Um, thanks for being here. Um, shit, I don't, know the, I don't even know when I met you. I don't know what year that could have been or what tour I could have been on. Maybe some show when I came there or something. I don't know. Early, I, late ni- early 90s or? Yeah, I think it was early 90s. Yeah. Like you were still roading for sick of it all. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So that must have been like, even like 90, 91. We had some crazy shows up there as a roadie going there with Sick Rumbum, some crazy shows that lost her eyes and all that stuff. And I remember you did a song, and I think you got a nosebleed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had this, the song, My Love is Real, and I would just scream it really loud and then fucking, I didn't know how to sing, so like blood would come out of my nose. and You suffered for your art. Yeah. <laughs> as we all do. Um, so before, before we get into who you are now and everything you accomplished in your life and all the music you made and inspiration you've done, I'd like to take it back to like growing up. Um, how was it for you growing up in, it was in Syracuse, correct? Yeah. How was that growing up? Did you come from like a religious household? Were you good in school? Did you, like, how were you, like, what were you like as a kid before like the music? Um, I think I was very fortunate. I had good friends and um, back then in the early mid seventies, you could still go outside and, you know, play stickball or kick around on your little skateboard or, you know, have fun without, you know, being feeling like you were in constant danger or something. So True. that was great. You know, I think I had a, a great youth. I had a great childhood. My parents gave me a lot of freedom and they introduced me to different styles of music and sports and yeah. Um, yeah, I was definitely lucky in that respect. And I think I was also lucky to to find things that that were a good fit. Yeah. Like like skateboarding early on. And my cousin was a little bit older than me and he basically got me into all the different styles of music. All the music. Did you um did you play sports in school too? We didn't I didn't really I didn't really get to that point. You know, it's like we would play Football in a vacant lot. We'd play yeah. street hockey and a little bit of soccer. But I, you know, got into skateboarding by age 13, and that pretty much took over everything for me. What Did the music come with the skateboarding? Because like, like, punk rock was kind of like the soundtrack to skateboarding back then. Yeah, it was in the background to it. Yeah. You know, and to me at the time, it was more like, you know, the music was more like what I would get out of like the Simpsons or South Park now. Okay. You know, the stuff that was funny was what I was gravitating to. Interesting. Yeah. So it was what, some of the wacky kind of punk stuff? Well, like, you know, like, I don't know, um, Angry Samoans yeah. or Black they Flag. Yeah, cock. Yeah. All that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the stuff that had, like, a sense of humor to it. <laughs> Never mind the bollocks, all that shit, like. Exactly. Yeah, some of that punk was crazy, man. Like, but you could skate to it as aggressive and, yeah, you know, like, uh, did you, would you a street skater or, like, a ramp skater? We started out on street, and when that first Bones Brigade movie came out, oh, yeah. you know, we were like, okay, we need to start building ramps. And that's where, you know, that's, you know, fortunately, you know, my dad had a really strong work ethic. He believed in the city. He was, his company was big time focused on, like, urban renewal. Okay. So they would buy, like, old houses or old schools and, you know, rebuild them. So I was on job sites when I was, like, 13. Damn. You know, with like adult construction workers, uh, you know, felons that, <laughs> yeah. you know, were helping unload rocks out of the back of a dump truck. 
Wow. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. So working out so, to school and stuff. Yeah. And, and through the summers. Okay. So it's like, I got like some basic like masonry and carpentry skills. So I was like, yeah, we could definitely build a ramp, you know, we'll get a chalk line and we'll, you know, bury wow. the cinder blocks and build the foundation. Like, let's do it right. So it doesn't, you know, so it Last. can actually handle the, the weather. Cause Syracuse is not, you know, people think that it's like, Oh, are you near Manhattan or Brooklyn? We're no. six hours North yeah. and we're like pretty close to the foothills of the Adirondack mountains. So like our winters are severe and there's, you know, a lot of rain throughout the year too. Yeah. But anyways, we built uh you know, we started out building, you know, quarter pipes and ditch ramps and then eventually built like a pretty close to vert ramp in my backyard. Sick. Yeah. And it went from the fence, like literally to like the windowsill <laughs> of my bedroom. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was great. Um, see, yeah, yeah. Skateboarding. I feel like skateboarding yeah, and the punk rock went hand in hand. Um, how old were you then when, when you first... Started skating again, we 14, you said? Like 13, 14. Like my first board was Tony Hawk. I got it from Skates on Heat. Sick. Yeah. And it was amazing because before that, it only had like, you know, toy store boards. Yeah, yeah. So I got that <laughs> and I was like, whoa, these indie trucks and these, you know. Official. Uh, yeah. And these, what were they? Probably rat bones, wheels. You know, they're amazing. It yeah. felt like it was felt like having a Cadillac or something. It was so smooth, <laughs> you know? Probably. I was more tracker trucks. Remember tracker trucks? I had those too. Yeah, that was my shit. But they were a little more heavier. Um, yeah. Did you have like a certain trick? Did you like it? Were you like a good skater? Could you do like tricks? Yeah, yeah. Well, I did a lot of, uh, I did a lot of lip tricks because we skated with a guy named Russ, and his parents were in the Air Force, and they'd come up from Texas, so he got us into like Zorlak. Yeah. And he was playing us all the bands from down there. And oh, big boys. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was blasting out of the boombox on the rollout <laughs> yeah. deck for sure. The skate rock tapes and all that stuff, man. Amazing, yeah. So, yeah, we were doing like Texas plants and sweepers and creepers and um, layback airs, all that yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. I love them. I, I was more like a uh, ramp skater for sure, too, but then street took over later. Um, all right, so you're in school, you're skating, and do you, are you getting exposed to punk rock around the same time, obviously, like when you're high school? Yeah, and like I said, you know, it was kind of like in the background. yeah. What was your main music you loved in before that? Were you listening to radio shit? Or were you just like a normal music guy? Or what stuff I, your parents are playing? Yeah, I liked, you know what I liked more than anything was, and this sounds weird because it is weird, it was movie soundtracks. Okay. Yeah, like I would get like, you know, the Superman orchestral soundtrack on vinyl. Holy shit. Yeah. And I got Stanley Jordan, like a jazz album. You know, my dad was playing me like Queen and Sabbath and stuff like that. So all kinds of stuff. Were your parents like strict? They really weren't, you know, they really weren't. And like they're, they both, I mean, we definitely had like a, a for real solid middle-class uh, household yeah. because both my parents worked two jobs. Gotcha. So we had kind of a lot of freedom just because they were so involved with other things. Yeah. And your brothers and sisters too? I have cousins, but yeah. one sister. Awesome. Yeah. And with, with, was she into any of the music or stuff you were into? You got a separate kind of. No, she wasn't really. I can't, I mean, I think she thought the ramp skating was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But beyond that, I, I don't think she really cared for it too much. So what was your, um? did you graduate <laughs> from school? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I can't say, you know, I can't say that I was a natural athlete or as a good student. I really wasn't. I really had to fight for all that stuff. Okay. 
but I definitely love going to the library and reading and I love music and art and history. I thought was fascinating. Like I sat in the front row on purpose because I wanted to be able to talk to the teacher and ask questions. So it's awesome, man. And at church, you know, other kids would want to go outside and like, you know, run around or whatever or escape. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, I want to hear what these old guys have to say. Like at a coffee hour, I was like, so what's this tattoo on your arm? Oh, that was my ship. I was in World War II. We were in the Pacific. Wow. You know, I was in Korea, you know, or whatever. And I wanted to hear those stories. I thought that stuff was fascinating. You're a very interesting kid. Yeah, it's awesome, man. You focused and listened. Yeah. And, oh, and, you know, this kind of connects to that. Like, my parents got, like, National Geographic magazine, and it would have maps in it. Okay. And I th- would take all the maps out, and I would pin them up on the wall going up the staircase. And I'd sit on a stair... And I try and like memorize all the countries in Africa. I'd move up a little bit. I try and memorize all the countries in Europe. Like I wanted to, I wanted to explore. You know, that's amazing, man. Yeah. Holy shit! I feel so dumb already. Um. <laughs> so, 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 what was your major? Like, what did you want to do when you graduated? Well, uh, my mom and my aunt are teachers, and my sister became a teacher, and I wanted to teach history. Yeah. I thought that would be cool, and I could continue to you know, skate on some level. And I started, I started playing bass and, okay, you know, I was, you know, I was pretty interested in music, but as I got older, I got more and more intense with it. Yeah. So you played bass in high school? Yup. Yeah. Earth crisis started when I, like I started writing music and lyrics when I was 17 wow. and we were on stage by the time I was 18. All right. So let's rewind then. So obviously you, you got into veganism somewhere in the mix there, right? In in high school then, right? Yeah. My grandmother lived to be 97, and she was vegetarian for half her life, the last half of her life. And my grandfather had worked for, um, I guess you could just say a slaughterhouse or whatever, Yeah. in Chicago. And she went down there one day and saw what was going on and was so freaked out she never ate meat again. Holy shit. So she was telling me about that. And I wasn't, you know, it wasn't really making sense until like a few months later, you know, because I was like, oh, how come you don't eat this or you don't Mm -hmm. eat that? And she was direct with me. Yeah. You know, so then I started reading stuff and right around, you know, uh, the time I was probably 16 or 17, I'm pretty sure that's when like Youth of Today had no more. Yeah. So that like definitely put a lot of weight on the scales. Yeah. And, like, once I discovered, you know, I thought Minor Threat was awesome, but, like, once I discovered Youth of Today and, like, the Boston bands, like, I I definitely had a strong connection to that. Okay. Like, I felt like I want to be a part of this. Yeah. So, had you tr- had, had you tried anything before you found those bands? Like, did you try drinking and smoking as a younger kid before that, or? I did not. Like, when I, you know... There was a guy that lived maybe four houses south of us. Yeah. And he would walk to work. Okay. And I, I don't know how it came up in conversation, but one day I asked, you know, why he walked to work. And I guess he had gotten in like a head on collision. He had been drinking. Damn, DIY. Yeah. And yeah, like DIY some stuff. people in the other car had died. So he oh, lost his shit. license. Yeah. And that, I heard about that. I was like, whoa, that's crazy, you know? Yeah. And also just t- being of the mindset like, Hey man, if something can hurt me, I don't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that freaked me out. Yeah, were people doing it around you and stuff in school or like friends or? Um, 
There was no hardcore scene back then. I'm saying like kids, at, just as kids at school, like drinking or partying around you. Oh, yeah. And I was what I was going to say, trying to segue into this idea that like, you know, the, the punk, there was a punk scene. And those guys are cool. You know, they were definitely doing their own thing. Yeah. But, you know, there was also, you know, they were coming from abusive backgrounds and dealing with, you know, mental issues or chemical imbalances or whatever. So, you know, the term now would be they're self-medicating, you know. But back then people would look at them, oh, they're stupid junkies, they're failures, you know. But I was like, no, they're not. These guys are awesome, you know. I Mm -hmm. like their bands or I like their art or they have great personalities or interesting viewpoints. Um. But some of those guys, like when I was like, okay, I'm straight edge, they got a little frosty to me. <laughs> frosty, yeah. Some of them were a little older, you know what I mean? Yeah. They were like, you can't be serious. What are you doing wearing that youth to, uh, that uniform choice? I remember that one with the skinhead on the yeah. back with his, <laughs> with the X's. I was Great. like, yeah, I wore that f- every day. You uh-huh. know what I mean? That was like my uniform. Yeah. And they would, you know, take little shots. And I was like, well, actually, you know, th- these bands actually mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And I agree with what they have to say. Yes. And they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I knew other guys that were into that. You'll get out of it. I was like, I don't think so, man. I feel like, you know, this has always been my view. And this this fits with what I am. Yeah. And you so know, from so that on, you're like. Yeah. And it just started, you know, it's like kind of like a fault line started opening up between me and some people that I skated with and some people that I would go to shows with. Like they were kind of freaked out that I was like, you know, very forward with being straight edge mm-hmm. and having those beliefs. And yeah, that was pretty much the this beginning. was in high school too, right? Yeah, the end of high school. Yeah. So there's probably no other kids probably staying to a straight edge in high school at that time, no? No, I was the only one. Yeah. It's amazing, man. Yeah. Black sheep for real. Yeah. So you could say that. So then, so when you when you were gonna graduate, like, what did you want to do? Like, what were your goals? You said history teacher, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, by the end of high school, it was like getting kind of dangerous, and there was like conflicts between different people and groups at the school. Yeah. Um. So I was just kind of, I was kind of disconnecting from it, uh, and I was listening to my parents. They're like, "Well, you'll like college a lot more because." You can choose what you want to study. Yeah. And I did. Like I was getting like my grades were not that great at the end of high school, but by the my first year of college I was like on the dean's list. Wow, man. What college was that? Well, it was community college. Okay. <laughs> wasn't college. wasn't Harvard. Yeah, but it's still college though. It's still like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's awesome. Cause you know, because there's a lot of people that come from our scene and punk rock and hardcore that like they do come from fucked up homes. And it seems like you have a loving family, like my mom was loving raising three boys after my dad died. You have a loving, awesome family who were like supportive of you, what you were doing, which is awesome. Oh, I mean, could you imagine like letting your kids like build a, a giant ramp in the backyard and there's 15 kids back there and music's <laughs> blasting and people are coming in and out of the house? You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, they knew where you were too. They knew you were skating, you're doing good shit. That's you. true. That's a good point. Keep an eye on you. But I mean, it was noisy and it was chaotic and yeah. not everyone was respectful and cool or helpful. You know, so they really were being good sports about a lot of stuff. I got to yeah. give them credit, especially now as an adult, like looking back and thinking about that, like they they were very supportive. Yeah, but kept you off the streets. And, all, you know, I, I know what you're saying. It's really cool to like our someone's escape. We're going to build a ramp. Like it's awesome. Very supportive. Yeah. So when, when was your first show with Earth? Was Earth Crisis your first and first band? Um. No, I had 
we had kind of like garage bands before okay. that, but they never really did that much. We were, you know, we we're just cutting our teeth and learning to play our instruments and having fun. Yeah. Um, there was no like, there was no envisioned goal yet, you okay. know, but you know, I, I got the, you know, I had an idea. I was like, well, let's put this band together consisting of people that are devoted to straight edge and devoted to veganism and like, like kind of like more of like the Boston style musically, okay. like the, the harder side of it, yeah. the more aggressive side of hardcore. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool if we stirred some metal into it and we had slowed it down a little bit. It'll make us distinct. It'll make us stand out. It'll be kind, sure. kind of more of a, a unique approach. And, some of the guys in the band were very freaked out by <laughs> by that idea and yeah. and even more freaked out by the way I was writing lyrics. Yeah. And they were intense lyrics too, especially for that age and just being that young and passionate. You know what I mean? It's 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 powerful shit coming from somebody that young who still lives at home, still in high school, but you're like you're, you're like you really you really absorbed it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. connected to it. Yeah. And so, so I got the ball rolling, but that that lineup fell apart, and okay. we had some guys from a strange band from Utica playing with us, called Upstate, and they yeah. actually like played later. I mean, they I think they played with Turning Point or something. Okay, like maybe nineteen ninety or something like that. Okay, um, but anyways, that kind of that lineup caved in, and I tried to do the, I tried to do the band with some other people, and that wasn't working. So it took. It took a couple of years, you know, to get like a lineup together where, you know, everyone was in agreement like, oh, yeah, I'm comfortable with the style or, oh, I actually like the way you're writing your lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was playing music with this guy who lived in a little city, maybe 45 minutes away. And I had met Scott at a skate demo. Okay. And he said, oh, you guys could practice at my house if you're looking for a spot. Because by that point, I was like, you know, my parents have put up with so much. It's like, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to bring music into the house like this style of music into uh -huh. the house after all this. You know, yeah. like I, I don't know how I had the presence of mind to think that like I should be considerate and thankful. But somehow I was. Yeah. And his mom, his mom was at work, so it wasn't really that much of a problem. Yeah. And anyways, he was upstairs listening to us jam. And. Uh, the guy we were trying out on vocals didn't show up, so I did vocals, and Scott liked it, so he came downstairs, and that was like the origin of our whole story. Yeah, and you named the band as well. Um, DJ named the band. Shout to DJ. Yep, and later on he played in Path of Resistance yep. with us, of course, but he he was the guy that was kind of freaked out by like my lyrical approach at the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Which it's, is, it's powerful stuff because you obviously you tell me now. I know you read a lot of books and you're like, when you're, inter when you're interested in something, you, you like dig into it. It wasn't just coming out of right. And you know, there was a lot of stuff that was going on during those years, like during those four years. You know, if I look back and just kind of take stock of what was going on, like, you know, um, like a friend of the family that I saw as an aunt like had her car stolen mm -hmm. one of my mom's friends was assaulted my mom's students were killed in the pan am flight oh wow where the terrorists blew up the plane and lock over lockerbie scotland mm -hmm. 
and my dad was he was renovating a property and an arsonist burned it so there was just like you know and there was a lot of stuff going on at school as well yeah like clicky type violence don't want to get too much into it yeah did people fuck with you in school you bullied at all or you you like did your own thing we did we did our own thing and we definitely figured it out that we get we had to hold our ground yeah you know or kids would take your backpack or your bike or your coat or whatever you know so it's like you know we we had kind of a street mentality pretty quick because it was an inner city school Yeah, yeah yeah and i did grow up in the city you know yeah like yes beautiful house loving family absolutely but it was the inner city and like there was definitely a lot of things happening around yeah around us yeah and so that kind of you know those things that were going on made me think okay well the world is a dangerous place you know yeah. like maybe it was like leave it to beaver at one time <laughs> but it's definitely not anymore you know mm-hmm. and i took something from return of the jedi lifelike star wars fan okay and it was you know there's some point in one of those movies where one of the characters says you know a jedi uses the the force only for defense and I was like, you know what? If we never throw the first punch, we're always going to have good karma. I like that. And so that was like kind yeah. of our code. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Say what you want to say. You know, whatever you're doing, you're doing. It's it's words. Words. But if somebody hits one of us, we got to smash the fuck out of them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's not my style. You know yeah. what I mean? But there was pretty much no other way. Especially back then, too. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, there was no cameras and, you know, there was no you know, conflict mediator that you would go to, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And, and that was another thing too. It's like, we were out skating, you know, my parents were working, both of them were working two jobs. So when school was over, you know, we were skating all over the city and maybe the bank to wall was in a kind of a higher crime neighborhood. (laughs) We go there anyways. You know what I mean? Got hit in the back of the head with a chunk of brick. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I got shot. I was bleeding so bad, you wow. know, and there was fights and stuff was happening. Yeah. But we just rolled with it to us. It just seemed normal at the time. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. That's like when I lived in Maryland, we brought, we just skate out there rusty and all these people was always rednecks used to call us names and try to chase us in a pickup truck. Same type shit. Like you're the guy skating through the town. You're the weirdos <laughs> in the town. And yeah, and rusty was like our protector. But like, you know what I mean? But people just fuck with you. You're yeah, standing out and stuff, and they'd come to me, Carl. You gotta, these guys, blah blah blah. You know, and I was like, me? Why, why you guys run to me? <laughs> I'm just, as, I'm just as freaked out by all this as you guys are. You know what I mean? Holy shit! So, did Earth Crisis play their first show while you were in high school? Was that your first shows? I think it was the summer after. Yeah, yeah, we played and we covered Glue. We covered SSD. Sick. Yeah, that's how we closed it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, wh- where were your metal influences? Metal influences coming from? Because the stuff you mentioned, like Boston didn't have a metal edge. It was just, it was a harder, right, right, harder right. edge. But the metal stuff, what kind of metal stuff was your inspiration? I loved, you know, I loved the f- first handful of Slayers and Metallicas okay. and Testament. Yeah. And obviously I wasn't into, you know, any of the devil worship aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time that, you know, heaven and hell stuff is fascinating to me. It always has been. Yeah. And I definitely heard plenty of plenty of things about both at church mm-hmm. you know so it's like i didn't feel like i was doing anything wrong by listening to slayer or, or whatever you know it's like hell is hell could be a possibility who knows mm-hmm. did you you were raised going to church your whole life yeah 
uh, Christian? Yeah. And your parents were strict on that, or? I can't even say that they were strict. Okay. It's just like they were like sharing something with me. Like yeah. I never felt pressured, you know. Yeah, and you enjoyed it. I liked. I thought. I mean, my God, like cataclysmic stories about like the flood or Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed. I mean, if nothing else, it's a fascinating story. Mm -hmm. And before somebody's like, oh, well, all that stuff's stupid. It's a fairy tale. It's folklore. It's something to, you know, keep the shepherds and the olive growers in line with fear. You know, before before it gets dismissed as that. Do yourself this favor. Watch the remake of The Omen and tell me that that's not fascinating because it is. Mm hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just like a simple code of conduct, like the Ten Commandments, you know? It's like they're they're set up like we wouldn't be able to drive across the city if there weren't stop signs and green lights and red lights. You know, and that's Correct. that's kind of what they provide for, like, our interpersonal uh, inter interactions with each other. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. With this business or family or whatever. You know, it's like something as simple as thou shalt let steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes a hell of a lot of sense, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I, I, I didn't feel like I was being forced. Yeah. Um, wh what's your approach? Damn, we're covering so much good stuff already. Your approach, like, in, I know you said you liked Minor Threat. Obviously, they're the ones talking about it first. But wh what, made you, what made you feel like your approach had to be more? Because obviously they didn't talk about veganism. Yours was that. I mean, you inspired youth today and these bands in Boston and stuff. But wh wh what did you feel like your approach had to be like more, more harder? Uh, version of straight edge not hard to like tough but hard to like yo we're gonna take it to, you know about the environment and the world and everything what, what what was that inspiration was it just was your aunt telling you about going to, to the slaughterhouse or like what inspired you to go like everything i know your surroundings of shit happening in school and the things happen to your family around you and the streets and all that stuff but like what do you think it was that made you want to take the totally like take it to the next level let's say because earth crisis was the the totally next level. So it was like minor threat. Then it was like Youth of Today, Gorilla Biscuits, um, Judge, Side by Side, all these bands. And then it was Earth Crisis who were like, because Judge to me, that record's almost like people say it's a straight edge uh, age of quarrel in a sense. You told me that. You told me that. You just remembered. You told me just that. Just remembered. The best quote you told me, I told my judge that. He's like, wow. Like, so age of quarrel was like a straight edge, uh, whatever, straight edge Chromax, whatever. Judge is like age of quarrel. But then I'm yeah, saying Judge that, Bring It Down is yeah. the equivalent <laughs> of Chrome Eggs Age of That's what I want to say. But the Earth Crisis was the next level. It was just harder, like the lyrics, like just everything. Like what, what was that? Because I know you love this other shit. Like, yo, I'm going to take it to the next level. I know you didn't think like that, but. Yeah, well, I, and it's weird. I've talked about it in some, some of the podcasts I've done, some of the interviews I've done only in recent years. So bear with me if you've heard this before, but. Here, here's the deal. Syracuse is on the shores of Onondaga Lake. And for years, for decades, that was the most polluted body of water in North America. Okay. There was like multiple um, factories that were putting like, you know, mercury and um, heavy metals and all kinds of like really caustic industrial pollution into it. Okay. So that was contaminated. And then a little bit north of us, like I mentioned earlier, the Adirondack Mountains in like 70s, early 80s, there was the acid rain problem. Okay. And that was destroying the plant life in the lakes up there, which was then having like a kind of a negative chain reaction outward on the wildlife and everything else. And 
there was a toxic tower in Binghamton, a city south of us. I think it shut down because it had carcinogenic stuff like in within the building materials and it was making people, the office workers sick. Yeah. There was Love Canal off to our west in Buffalo. Like a neighborhood was built over a toxic waste dump. Damn. Yeah. That's like a movie something. Yeah. uh, There may be a movie about or a documentary at this point, but. You know, so it's just like all that environmental devastation was literally around us. And you'd see the smoke coming out of the different plants in the city. Yeah. Like Syracuse, that's another part of, I think, what was leading to the problems around us. Like a lot of the, the factories were shutting down and relocating overseas or in other states where they weren't going to be taxed. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, there was pollution and problems, but there was also a lot of people that were suddenly out of work and found themselves poor. Gotcha. You know, that, you know, that had probably moved up from other places at one time when Syracuse was, you know, kind of uh, more of a successful industrial city. Yeah. Kind of like, honestly, we have more in Syracuse has more in common with Detroit than it does with uh, the boroughs. In, OK. You know, Manhattan, Brooklyn. Yeah, like yeah, It's yeah. a lot more like that. OK. Yeah. Or Buffalo. So that was a big inspiration to be like. Yeah. Speaking out for all this. Yeah. And so, do you remember when your the first show you guys played, or the reaction, or because there was no internet back then, it was just word of mouth. Oh, this new band, Earth Crisis, like how the word spread about your band, and what was the original, what, what was like the reaction when you guys first started playing? Because nobody was playing that kind of style of metallic hardcore at the time, I don't think. Yeah, there, well, there. I mean, we gotta always give credit where credit is due, you know, and conviction. Okay. Um were from Pennsylvania and they were kind of, they had similar ideas to us with like incorporating like metal into it okay, and integrity as well. Okay. But I was writing some of those songs on bass, you know, for guitar when I was 17, like in like 88, you know, our first show was in 89. So this was a very long time ago. Yeah. You know, and what's known as metalcore now is not like even what I think of when I think of it, like when I think of metalcore, I think of like Marauder and All Out War and mm-hmm. Stigmata and stuff like that, you know, yeah. Ringworm. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, so anyways, for a strange band that, that did, that made us different. And it was basically just our friends. You know, we were, I was like, man, this is definitely going to make the room move. You know, the room meaning like someone's basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, they'll love this part, you know? Yeah. So... <laughs> So how many shows, like, went for Earth Crisis, did it ever feel, or when did it feel like, oh, shit, like, not a career, because I'm, I'm, I I th- I'm pretty sure you always work jobs in between tours and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, I did concrete, or I'd work on construction sites, or, you know, stained houses, whatever, you know, like, that. Yeah. Like thanks to my dad, like, raising me that way, I think I had a really strong work ethic, and I, I mean, I helped him build a couple bridges, and, holy shit, yeah, do, you know, the, chimneys all kinds of stuff shit all right so f- does firestone come out first the seven inch correct and victory all, all out war came out first okay and our buddy guav put that out yeah what up guav and cabal he's like oh yeah we, we'll make uh i could swear he said 200 he said like 2000 i think okay and i was like whoa i don't know if we can sell that many you Come know back then even yeah yeah, yeah yeah i was like i mean maybe you know, if we bring them to skate demos or whatever, <laughs> you know, and like try and get on shows. Yeah. Which was not that easy back, back then. then no. You know, it wasn't like it is now. Yeah. You, you had to like kind of finagle and finesse your way 
For sure. Onto things. Jump on people's gear, get some favors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that came out. He put it out. Guav did? Guav put it out. Yeah. I I was a janitor and I saved all my money. Holy shit. And I paid for that recording myself. Wow. Yeah. And I pulled up to a building and in the office building. I was cleaning head like condos over it. And uh, I was sitting in my truck. I had a little pickup truck and I was like blasting it. The songs <laughs> that we just recorded at night. And I wasn't paying attention. This guy opens the window. He goes, he goes, turn that down. I was like, fuck you, man. I don't know why. I don't know why. I was just stoked. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, so I turn it down. I like go into the building. Um, I go to get in the elevator and the doors open. This guy comes out with a fucking iron bar, like the kind you would like put like logs into a fire with. Holy yeah, shit. and he's like charging up. He's like, I got a newborn baby up there and I'm going to kill you. I was like, whoa, dude, chill out. And you're probably still listening to your record. Yeah, because I was just so dude, that's amazing. <laughs> dude, the God's truth is I probably let it spin like three times in the middle of the night. Holy shit. <laughs> so that dude, that dude was out. well within his rights to be mad. You know what I mean? Wow. How old are you, how old are you then at that point? I was probably 21. Okay. Yeah. First record came out. <laughs> that's amazing. And, the, and when we recorded that, the engineer literally had a book called uh, How to Record. How to Record? <laughs> yeah. We didn't get the A guy. We got the, or the B guy. We got like a brand new guy, you know, running oh, the soundboard shit. for us. Yeah. So that comes out and it sells probably more than they printed for sure, right? Yeah, because he was doing mail order. Mm. You know? That was the shit back then. Yep. And he had put out a record before that of a band from Arizona, I think. I can't recall their name. But anyways, I mean, we had like a strong lineup, like the guys from my framework, like blended right in with the earth crisis idea that Scott and I had, um, his friend Ben and Bulldog. Yeah. Bulldog. Yeah. And Mike who played in framework and, you know, we were getting offers for shows and stuff and it seemed like people were, were gravitating to us and kind of connecting with with the music and two different different degrees the message so yeah. it was like this is working and it was crazy i remember the first show we played um out of town that really worked was in buffalo okay and i was like holy shit dude kids were seeing our words that we don't even know mm, you know awesome. they like weren't friends there's guys we never met exactly yeah and yeah, i was yeah. like this is amazing you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fucking awesome yeah and so was was there a moment when you felt like you're going to do this you just wanted as a career. Did you ever think it was gonna be a career for you? No, because I always worked. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I always worked, and I was going to school. But then it was like getting a little crazy. Okay, you know, like that. I think, that, and I think that's why I gravitated towards a band. It's like, it's like, goddamn, I can't work enough hours to buy books and pay for school and pay for car repairs and insurance and a place to live. Fuck it, let's just keep to. Let's actually tour. Okay. You know? So were you, were you going to college at that point to be a history teacher? Yeah. And then you quit? I I felt like I had to. Wow. Yeah. How close were you to becoming a history teacher? Like how many years you put in? Well, two truthfully. Okay. But like, I mean, even that, I, there was like gaps between semesters and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? But it was just like, you know what? This is working. Let's see where it can take us. So you went on tour with that record? We Well, we did shows. Shows. We did shows with the plans of going on tour. Okay. Um. And we played a show in Detroit at the Coffee House, The Grounds, and it was Scott Vogel's band Slugfest, 
and chokehold. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, so first we drove. I, I've told this story before, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick, yeah, quick version of it. Um, All new so listeners here. Scott's girlfriend had a little car that she bought for like 500 bucks. And it didn't have working lights <laughs> within like the dashboard. So you couldn't see how fast you were going. Okay. It had a literally a hole rusted to the floor. It had a hole rusted in like kind of the top of the gas tank. So if okay. you filled it up fast at a certain point, it would pour out the side. Holy shit. Yeah. And it shook like crazy if you drove over 45 miles per hour. Mm hmm. And she's like, just so you know, like when it rains, sometimes it won't start. So <laughs> something was going on. Something was leaking somewhere or shorting something out. I don't know. But anyways, we took some old license plates off the wall in her parents' garage that were just like on display. Oh, shit. And we wired them on. And I held a flashlight <laughs> in my teeth and we started driving with all our gear in the car. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> and I think we left on a Friday. And we made it to Buffalo and like the brakes went out or something. And we co literally coasted off the off, down an off ramp shit. towards a garage. And uh, we called Dennis, who was just a friend at the time. He wasn't yeah. in the band. And we stayed at, overnight at his house and we all chipped in and got the brakes fixed yeah. and drove to Detroit. And we got there and we played that show. And, you know, Chokehold and Despair were, were awesome. Yeah. What was it? No, Slugfest, sorry. Slugfest. Slugfest. And there was a guy, his name's Chad. He was there, and he was like, oh, these guys, you know, they put out, there's like, there's a lot of energy when they play. Okay. Like, he, he went back to Chicago and was telling people that, and he told mm. Tony that. Okay. So Tony paid attention to our 7-inch, and he, he must have called one of us. And we sent him the demos of the what was going to be the full length, mm -hmm. and that became Firestorm. Wow. Yeah, so that, like, persevering and making it through. And also, on the drive back from Detroit, like, the muffler fell off, and I took all of our canvas belts, like, you know, like those Boy Scout-style belts? Oh, yeah. And we connected them, and that's how we lashed the... Uh, the muffler back up in the car <laughs> with the canvas army navy belts yeah and i and i cr and i fell asleep and crashed into a wall <laughs> are you serious yeah holy shit yeah That's it was coming stressful back we weren't used to that kind of shit yeah. you know what i mean like all like all that stuff going haywire it's like and we could, if we gotten pulled over we would have been in trouble too totally yeah so how soon after that tour did you guys sign to victory and that record came out was it pretty fast? He, it was pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. And we went and he sent us to Mars where Integrity had Mars. recorded. Mm -hmm. And they did an awesome job for us. Like way better than All Out War, obviously. You know, and I always think about that. Like that would be fun to go back and re-record that. That would be cool. You know, someday. Yeah, that was a game changer for you. I think, yeah, because it's so sloppy and horrible to me. And I know people like kind of the rawness to it. Yeah. But I was, uh, man, I would love to have them record it properly. Maybe just do them live someday, but that'd be any, cool. Anyways, you know, we did the Firestorm seven inch and then I think we, and, and forgive me if the timeline's a little messed up, you know, if Scott was here, he could give it to you straight. He has the memory. <laughs> he has the memory of an ex wife. He knows everything. <laughs> Everything's That's everything sick. is seared into his memory. My drum is like that too. He's like, has everything, every show, the date, all that shit, dude. Yeah, but you know, and we did a U.S. tour. Um, 
with the champions. Okay. And we made it as far as Arizona, and then we had to come back. Okay. Yeah. You had to come back? Yeah, we were running out of dough. <laughs> <laughs> you booked that shit yourself probably too back then, right? We had some guy book it for like us from North agents. Dakota. Holy shit. Yeah. That's the thing about that too. Like, oh, we want to come play our town, and people just book the shows for you. Like I said, no internet. You have to you have those road maps. I picked up they were called. There was like no GPS. Just playing at people's houses and shit. It was yeah. so different, man. Yeah, but it was incredible. You know, we went and saw like the Grand Canyon and Florida. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, and you were young too, when you were early 20s, right? Yeah, so it was perfect. So with the reaction to Firestorm when it came out, was that was that when you realized like, holy shit, people really love this? Like, it was, it was such a powerful record and um, I feel like it was just the next level for you guys at that yeah, point. Yeah, like we, we actually went to England off that seven inch. Okay. Yeah. Holy shit. And when that happened, I was like, you know what? We This this is the horse to bet on. Let's keep doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and was, I know you guys weren't greedy, uh, greedy with open arms from the scene because it was definitely a different <laughs> vibe. I'm saying like yeah. you're hardcore kids, but you have a metal edge to you and you're singing about animal rights and straight edge and all this stuff. And it's a different level. Those other bands aren't playing anymore. So you guys like the you guys are the, are the ones with that message at that point, I think, because everybody else had years later after bands had broken up. So like you guys are off, you guys with the message, and so I think some people probably took it one way, some people took it other way. Some people just loved the music, maybe they didn't relate to the lyrics, but I feel like there was a bunch of it was kind of um, um, controversial, I guess, at that moment. W- without be having the internet, it was kind of like holy shit. Guys are militant, they're this and that, and yeah, you know, and and the rumors. There's all kinds of rumors about the band, and you know, you know what I mean, like yeah, and that's and that's what was going on at that time, you know, like hardcore was kind of in a state of transition, you yeah. know, like the Krishna Core thing was starting, and yeah. the Riot Girls were getting things going. Um, Hardline was a thing, yeah, and we didn't fit into it. So we didn't, you know, we. We were close, but we didn't fit in. And they had a fest in Memphis, but we were like, hey, our drummer is by, and I know you guys aren't really, you know, I, I know you guys have your viewpoints, but this guy's our friend, and it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Wow. And nobody, like, said no, but, like, they didn't say yes, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. Yeah, And, I, he, and I he hadn't come out to his parents or anything. You know, he would... Yeah. I think he lived with his boyfriend, so they didn't really know what was going on in his life. And we didn't want to out him either. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so yeah. it was just kind of... I didn't know there was a separation from those two different things. Like, yeah, they were. Okay. So it's like, okay, you know, it's like, we'll call ourselves what we are. We're vegan straight edge. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll keep it simple. Yeah. And, and for us, you know, it's like we absolutely were inspired by and admired and respected all the edge bands that came before us. Mm-hmm. But if if memory serves correct, Mackay's definition of strange was uh, a, a law of moderation anti obsession, and I was like, let you know, to us it means something different. To us, it's it is it's a lifetime commitment to never have anything to do with alcohol or drugs or smoking or promiscuity. It's like let's let's be very direct. Let's have like a clear code of conduct on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And no, they're not like laws. You know, they're for us, they're, uh, you know, they're not like laws that prevent us from doing things. They're just like, we don't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And this is making it clear. And then you guys add the veganism to it. Exactly. Yeah. 
and, 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 and there, you know, and there of course were bands that, you know, like in, instead and in youth of today yeah. saying about vegetarianism and animal rights. But I think what yeah. made us different was the militant aspect of it. Like we were writing songs about like the animal liberation front, yes. earth first and the sea shepherds in a very forceful way yeah, because I there was no whale wars and there was nothing like that, you yeah. know? So I was like, this, this is fascinating history that needs to be documented. And mm -hmm. um, being a guy who loves history, yeah. that's what we started doing. Yeah. I think educated a lot of people, too, like the Sea Shepherds, how that became. Now everybody in the world knows who the Sea Shepherd is because of the TV show and all that stuff. But, like, you guys were knew about it way back then, you know? Yeah. And there's Sea Shepherds now who, you know, they're the kind of the point of their involvement, the beginning of their involvement with animal rights and vegetarianism and veganism was through us. Mm-hmm. And they'll credit us with that, which is really cool. That's really amazing, man, yeah. actually. You like probably their soundtrack to the stuff that they were doing back then with the animals, right? Well, there's actually people that have said exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw an article um, that somebody showed me. There was like an internal... Um, it was like an internal newsletter or something that would go between all the fur ranchers. Okay. And when our records would come out, they would basically say, you know, have your have your security heightened on your fur ranches because they were drawing like correlation between like higher levels of animal right, you know, direct action type stuff with the releases of our records. Is it just kind of like when people said that um I bit a bat's head off because I listened to Black Sabbath? Yeah. To like Earth Crisis, you know what I mean? Like, we listen to these lyrics and they made me want to go out and save animals. Yeah. In a sense, right? And yeah. it's like, fuck it. Wow. That's far, it's crazy, man. Yeah. It was, it's very impactful, too. And that's way before the internet or YouTube videos or blogs or any of that shit. It's just reading your lyric sheets, listening to the music. Or some of these kids probably didn't get to see you live yet at that point, but loving your music and then getting inspired by it. And, the, and there was. It was a price for that, too, though. You know, like Scott had his house broken into. Mm -hmm. He came in and like a door was ajar and one of his phones had been taken apart. Mm. You know, the police were coming to shows in Syracuse and they would walk around with cameras and take pictures of all the license plates and cars with animal rights bumper stickers on them. Wow. Yeah, man. I looked over once and, you know, a there was a, a guy holding up a camera. There was no flash or anything, but he was just taking pictures of me in traffic. You know what I mean? Damn. Yeah. Were so you scared? I wasn't scared, but I was like, I wonder what they're going to do. Like, are they going to plant drugs on me? Like, you know, we're clearly having like an effect. Mm -hmm. It's like NWA singing, fuck the police. Well, I'm not saying that either. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you have to say it. I'll say it. They're like saying fuck the police and people start standing up and they're realizing about police brutality and everything happened in the inner cities. They made it aware all, like people in suburbia and the whole planet to know about what's happening in their town and you're writing about your town and and all the pollution the shit in the rivers and the waters and being vegan and then you inspire a different uh generation of kids to like be more aware of that what they're eating and how animals are being treated so it's like i'm not saying it's it's i'm just saying it's music that's so powerful that this message inspires people to get up and actually do shit in their communities and do things and speak out you had a powerful impact like that yeah um, I'm not saying NWA is Earth Crisis, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know what I'm saying, though? You're not going to say it because you're humble. I'm telling you that, like, it's a powerful impact you have with the music and the message back then. It made people, like, more aware. Right. And that was our goal. Yeah. Like, we wanted, 
You know, and another thing Iemakai would say was, you know, Stray Edge to me is personal. It's something for me and my friends. And for us, you know, we were very much influenced by the Boston bands like DYS and Slapshot mm-hmm. and SSD, where they presented it as more of like a movement. We're like, yeah, that's exactly what we are. We want to be, we want Vegan Straight Edge, our version of it, to be a movement. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's yeah. bands in different cities and there's, you know, people starting animal rights organizations at their high schools or colleges and they're protesting the, the first store in their town. Yeah. And there's or peop- doing other things. Yeah. And there's, and there's like tables with the. So for me at the shows, it was like the tables with the PETA information. And I feel like that was inspired by all you guys to have the shows and they're showing the videos at the shows, at Harker shows. They would have Krishna beads sometimes, although they have like these PETA, PETA um, flyers and shit in the videos. You're like, yeah. So that was like right in the mix of hardcore too. Like, right. It's safe to say, I'm sorry, it's safe to say that hardcore music is one of the first music to talk about animal rights and veganism. I mean, you're not gonna, you have to say it, but for me personally, that's the first time I heard of any of this shit, yeah. personally. Yeah. Like, singing about it. I mean, oh, obviously, yeah. this meat is murder with uh, the, the Smiths. Smiths, yeah. But it wasn't like Earth Christ or Youth of Tear Gorilla Biscuits. Right. Or, you know what I mean? It's right. And those guys are saying, they're like, let's be kind to animals. Let's be considerate of, you know, towards them and be vegetarian. Yeah. But we're, we're taking it in very much of a different direction mm-hmm. with a support for the Animal Liberation Front and Earth First and the Sea Shepherds and organizations like that. Yeah. It's amazing, man. I feel like... Yeah, but that's what we're doing. We were. We were documenting history. And you would did, you heard nothing about it on the nightly news. Like there was a, um, some plant that was connected to uh, fur ranching. I think they like provided feed. Okay. And I think it was, I think it was destroyed. Yeah, I think it was burned. I mean, like, how would that not be on the news? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They didn't want on the news because they didn't want people even knowing how the, that there were people that were objecting to fur ranching. Yeah, going against uh, the meat industry, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of shit get blown back to you, like, it's because of this band these kids did that. Was it the shit like that coming back to you a lot, like blowback? Well, you know what? It's like, I was like, well, let's weather the storm. Let's ride through it, you know? This needs to be said. And there was there was some incidents like my car was sabotaged and okay. i crashed and when i was away like water in the engine or something or something well i don't really want to get into the specifics yeah. but somebody definitely wanted to hurt me you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. and i never talked about it mm-hmm. honestly this might be the first time i brought some of this stuff up fuck but man. i was like you know what fuck you it's like if i die for this shit i'll die for it and that's when we did breed the killers okay yeah, yeah. i was like ultra militants That'll, that'll be the song. Well, your parents, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be like frightened by this and silent or backtrack. It's like, I'll fucking push it through to the end. You know, mm-hmm. were you, were you, uh, were your parents worried about you? No, I don't think, well, we had, there was, I mean, they were worried about, they were just worried about my future in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, you're playing this type of music. You know what I mean? <laughs> did they come see you play? They did. They were good sports. They were like, holy shit. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, my dad saw people like stage time and going anywhere. I was like, it's amazing that nobody gets killed. He's like, because it looks like a hockey fight. It just <laughs> keeps going. You, and you guys had some crazy crowds, man, too. Like, yeah. those intense shows, man. Yeah, we definitely did. Did you feed off that energy? Did you? 
did you feel, did you like, not like, but like, I'm sure, I know you guys had to stop and this crazy shit happened, but did, did, did the insanity at your shows ever stress you out? If you feel like responsible for some of the brawls in the pits were crazy. But I remember I saw Stigmata in probably like 90 and there was a huge brawl and the singer goes, fuck it, let him fight. And I was like, you know what? It's better just to let those two people fight than for it to stop and everyone gets organized and then it turns into mob against mob. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, we, so we would play through the fights, you know? But uh, but then between songs, I would say, you know, we got to value each other. There are no enemies in here. Yeah. You know? Enemies it's like, outside. Yeah, the enemy literally is outside. And they're the people that are selling drugs to pregnant women. They're the people that are, you know, pimping young girls out. They're the people that are, you know, pouring acid in a rabbit's eye in a lab mm-hmm. there there's no enemies here yeah and, and I, another thing we do too when people objected to the whole animal rights thing i'd be like you know what man we will literally stop playing and you can come up here and you can grab this mic and you can express your viewpoint mm. i did that multiple times i was like if you've got a if you've got a different idea if you've got a better idea we're we're willing to take the time to hear it hardcore is an open forum yeah totally this is this is a marketplace of ideas. There's religion. There's politics. There's mm-hmm. philosophy. Yeah, and nobody ever took me up on it. They always just <laughs> want to f- throw shit and try and hit me with a beer bottle or a dead mouse or something. You know what I mean? A dead mouse. Oh yeah. I I remember hearing a story about somebody running. It's like a fur coat at the show, just like meeting people's door handles of the cars. All this stuff really happened. It did happen. Yeah, wow, and you man. know what though? I mean, the God's truth is like, where did we come from? We came from skateboarding. So we were obnoxious ourselves. Totally. We get a joke's a joke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A prank's a prank. But at the same time, you know, I had volunteered at Syracuse Wildlife Rehab Center, and I had seen animals with my own eyes that had been stomped on and kicked and hit and set on fire and run mm-hmm. over on purpose yeah. by people that were just sadistic. And I volunteered there and I helped. So I was feeling a lot of, like, very personal anger towards people that, were cruel to animals totally and that was coming out in those early records mm-hmm. you know um i mean that's still with me today yeah like that doesn't it doesn't go away like time doesn't kill it you yeah, know you still feel the pain for them and so yeah you know i do yeah but do you feel less do you obviously you're a di- different per- i mean now you're the same person but like that's 25 or whatever years ago obviously you're still passionate about animals and stuff but that same rage you still feel that same rage i do i really do and in some ways, even more, mm. because I, I, I would have thought too with just you know the internet now and people being able to go on and look at what goes on inside a vivisectionist laboratory or yeah. a slaughterhouse or factory farm, I figured there would be more people rejecting it. And you know, it is cool that there's all this like plant-based stuff at restaurants, yeah. but it's like that's dietary stuff. You know what I mean? Oh mm-hmm. well, we're you know, we're MMA fighters. We want to lose weight or maintain this muscle mass. Like, that's one thing, and that's cool. But it's like, I actually want the animals to be free. I actually want them to not be tortured and killed. Yeah. You know, I actually want them to be rescued. I want these practices to be stopped. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Do you and think that, it's helping that, enough? that hasn't happened enough yet, Yeah. you know, from my viewpoint, to, mm-hmm. to make it feel like I've made enough of a difference. You know, and in, in recent years, you know, I think, I, I think if you add up all the records I've done, you know, seven inches splits, live records, full lengths. 
between all the different bands, Earth Crisis, Path of Resistance, yep. Vehement Serenade, Freya, Apocalypse yeah. Trap. I think there's like 28 records. Damn. Yeah. So it's almost one a year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, or two, you know, one every couple of years. That's and, a lot, man. You know, and so there's still, there's still enough fury to fucking drive me forward with it, you know? Yeah, you still get inspired to write songs. Yeah. And, and, and what we do now, too, with Earth Crisis when we do records is we'll write off of a theme. Okay. Which is what we always did, but I think we got better at it. Yeah. Let's all write one record just about vivisection, like let's say Salvation of Innocence. And, you know, I'll break it into three parts. Three songs are about what the protesters are feeling. Three songs are the viewpoint of the vivisectionist. And three point three songs are what the animals are experiencing. Yeah. You know, so try and, you know, approach it from like a, a creative point. But to drive to drive a, a reality based message forward. Yeah, it's amazing. You guys are still. No, it's not amazing because I'm still straight as too. But like, still vegan, still straight as your whole entire life, into your adult life, into everyday normal life, and it's awesome, man. Yeah, because it's still the same guys. We are, and we're very, older. very, we're very fortunate, you know, to have discovered things that you know are are going to be with us our whole lives, like skateboarding and yeah. music and the friendships that we have through this. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's basically been the same guys the whole way through since like awesome. 1992, because before Bulldog's little brother joined the band, he played in a group called bone Jack that were vegan straight edge. Okay. More melodic style. He was the lead guitar player, but he would come with us. It's awesome. You know, Hey, we're probably going to have to fight these guys. We need you, you know, Fuck. or, you know, and he would come with us. Yeah. So he was there the entire time. So you guys always had to be on your toes, like anywhere you went or any, anything could happen in your shows. You know what's going to happen. Cause you know who's like, who's a fan and who's like a hater or just wants to start shit for no reason. And just, you know what I mean? Poke fun or right. all that stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, jokes are jokes. Pranks are pranks. Words are words. You know, we, we came from skateboarding. We have a noxious sense of humor too, but like some stuff felt like it was a setup for people to start a fight with us. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and you know, I don't necessarily think we re overreacted either because there were times where we're like you know it's starting to get out of truck out of control. We'll stop and we'll come back with ten people and we'll play here in, in another month. Mm -hmm. And we would. Yeah. Any place that we did have problems, we would continuously go back to purposely. I love that. With a place where they canceled your shows or you couldn't go or something. Yeah, like that. or you know people were causing problems while we were playing to try and gain some notoriety for their bands you know we'd come back with everybody's big brother and little brother and best friend yeah yeah i love that and man. some of them were girls it's awesome yeah <laughs> it's awesome. you know if we can fucking survive inner city syracuse we're not that worried about you bro yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what i mean yeah do you, do you feel like i know obviously you're very humble but you feel like are you proud of everything you accomplished like your impact and everything that you've done with your life uh, it's hard to say that because you're in it. Yeah. I mean, all I can say is I'm thankful for, you know, all the bands that inspired us, all the wonderful people that help us along the way. Yeah. The friends that we've had. Cause that's what that, what is Arco about at the end of the day? You know, it's not about girls. It's not about money. It's not about fame. It's about the friendships. Yeah. And it's about the adventures and experiences and the memories that it creates. Yeah, man. 
You know, nobody's going to get rich doing this. Mm -mm. Half the time, this is more of a punishment than a reward (laughs) when when you really think about it. You know what I mean? Oh, great. I got an FBI file now, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) It's fucking crazy, man. That's crazy, man. Oh, great. Uh, Now I'm seen as an animal rights terrorist by federal law enforcement, you know? Fuck. That's on your record, probably, if you have, you know? Who knows? (laughs) I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be real about it, you know? Yeah. So uh, you always said that that's always been on you too, your whole life too. It's fucking wild, man. Yeah, because I mean, I'm about to be fifty, soon to be fifty. Me and, too. And this band's been playing since we were eighteen. Different versions. Yeah. You know, different lineups. And there was a time when EC uh, essentially went on a hiatus. You know, we could say we broke up, but not really because we all played together in Path of Resistance and did shows and recorded. Yeah. You know, so you could basically say there's like an unbroken chain through the decades from 1989 to now where the five of us have played in straight edge bands together, vegan straight edge bands together. It's amazing you guys can still sing those lyrics and still be living those lyrics. A lot, not a lot of bands can say that they've been around that long and still have those convictions and their, their, their passion. It's awesome, man. You yeah. know, it's like it's, it's a it's a it just shows you like it's the real deal, you know? Yeah. And it's all thanks to. The people that support and appreciate our band. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it really is. You know, people took us in on Easter and brought us into their family's houses to have dinner with them on tour or Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, like our fans are definitely, they are definitely truly supportive of us. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, man. You know, that, that's impact. how we got signed to Candlelight. A girl just liked the band. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. They weren't like looking at our sales figures and be like, oh, yeah, these guys are going <laughs> to crush it. You know what I yeah. mean? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what, what was like the biggest moment for Earth? Not the biggest, like when you guys were like at your, when you're like, holy shit, like what this is like, like which was it an album? Was it a tour? Like were you you're doing U.S. tour and it's like amazing. Was it, was, it, was it never amazing? Was it always some sort of like chance there's going to be something popping off? Were you ever like just comfortable touring or Every time you went there, like you're going to war almost like a show. Yeah. I mean, you got to view it like that. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know what, too, is a, a cool thing that I feel like I got from skating was like if you play basketball or you play baseball, you pretty much can master it. You know, like the mechanics of it. Yeah. You know, like skateboarding is about constant evolution. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't like stop at a certain point. You know, oh, well, now it's you did a shove it. Now you do a 360 shove it. Yeah. Well, now you faking into it. You know what I mean? And pushing yourself. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're pushing yourself and you're evolving. And that's the way I view music, too. Mm-hmm. And this whole, like, you know, and we've always written from themes. Yeah. You know, like Destroy the Machines is about, you know, earth and animal liberation. Or Demore Season has, had a, has, a, has a lot of human rights, freedom struggle things yeah. lyrically going on. You know, so I think I think that made us different too, mm-hmm. like writing theme albums essentially. Yeah, Did but but as far as like feeling like oh yeah, we got to a point where, you know, that this is the best, this is the best version of this band. I I, don't, I still don't think we're there. Okay, but I will say, you know, for my taste, I do think that you know, Salvation of Innocence, and. Um, to the death and neutralize the threat. Like, I feel like I'll be satisfied with those records forever. Okay. Like, I feel like we had great art artwork, like the artist did killer job. The engineers did a killer job. You know, I think that the musicianship was what we were hoping for. Yeah. 
So I'll be, I'll be proud of those for sure. So one of those records would be like the one record you think represents the band the best. Yeah, probably those three for my taste. Yeah, but I think for you know your average Earth Crisis fan, they probably like the earlier stuff because they grew up with it. So yeah, yeah. It has kind of a nostalgic. There's kind of a nostalgic uh, aspect to it. Do you that. listen? Do you listen to new bands or like hardcore music? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, finding um, new music. Definitely. Um, let's see. As you gave me some bands recently. I forgot what it was. You said we listed some bands too. I remember. Yeah, like Clear Cut is awesome. Okay. Your vegan strategy band. Um, Scott's band Sect. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Old Dogs doing new music. Um, who else have we played with? Mindset. Okay. Um. Edge Control. Yeah. Is there some other types of music that people listening would not expect Car Earth Crisis to listen to, like a different genre? My first show was a hip-hop show when I was 13. Sick. What was it? It was Grandmaster Flash. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, Mommy, you heard that? Grandmaster Flash? You serious? Yeah. They wow. Yeah. They played... Moon at, loves them. They played at... Drumlin's golf course. Okay. My and I told my parents, oh, there's a concert at the golf course. So they had <laughs> they didn't know what it was, you know? Yeah. My mom dropped me and my buddy JT off. And it was pretty weird because it wasn't like a ton of people there, but it was awesome. Holy shit. Yeah. So then you got into hip hop too? We did. We liked all the well the, the yeah, definitely we loved all the early stuff. Like Run DMC and Public Enemy and that, yeah. Third Base or Beastie Boys. Fuck, did you follow it in the 90s too? Like Wu-Tang and Tribe Called Quest, Gangstar, shit like that? or Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah, Bulldog would always bring that stuff back for us to hear. Yeah. Yeah, and Dennis too. It's all, yeah, some, some people think when you're in a hardcore band, you only listen to hardcore music. Like, And sometimes when you're playing it and living it, you want to listen to some other types of inspirations. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I like crazy shit too, like... You know, like Bootsy Collins or Parliament or awesome, <laughs> the Isley Brothers. You know, and country. I, well, classic country. That's cool. Yeah, I like yeah, Johnny right. Cash and Hank Williams, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Patsy Cline. Patsy Cline. <laughs> yeah, dude, this interview takes a lot of weird turns, doesn't it? I love it. I, that's what I like about. We're just having a conversation. <laughs> we covered a lot of shit in there. Um, do you have any um any regrets? You know what? It's like this. You know, a pencil has an eraser, you know? And when you're working on something or you're drawing something, you know, this line isn't right. Yeah. You know, so it's it's like the mistakes are a part of the process. They're a part of bringing things into focus. I and, like that. And, and they're a way to learn. They're a way to learn to be better. Yeah. So you can't regret them. They're just part of the process of learning, you know? Mm -hmm. Are there times when I lost my temper and I was rude to people? Absolutely, I regret that. You know okay. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Are there times when I wish I was a little a little more lenient with some people? For sure. Yeah. Are there times when I wish maybe I, you know, should have been a little more forceful with people who kind of had it coming and yeah. I let them slide a little bit? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes that bothers me. It doesn't keep me awake at night. But yeah. I was like, you know what? Maybe I, sh maybe I should have fucking knocked that guy. Should have given him a pass. Yeah. Y you know, I should not have given him a pass. You're trying to, you're not giving yeah, a pass. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like we also have to be honest. You know, why were we attracted to hardcore? Punk wasn't angry and crazy enough. Mm. You know? Yeah. 
that wasn't angry and crazy enough, let's go to hardcore. Because, you know, there are, there is a lot of anger inside of us for di- all kinds sure. of different reasons. And for some people, it's personal. You know, it's like they were abused, you know, or they, you know, they had to live through like horrific ordeals yeah. in their youth. Mm-hmm. Or, there, or there is mental illness, so there is chemical imbalance. And yeah. I wish somebody had said that to me when I was younger. It's like we got it. We have to value each other, mm-hmm. and we have to be realistic when we look at each other, mm-hmm. and and acknowledge that. Yeah, you know, like we're all here because we are fucked up. I agree, man. That's why I never liked the fighting inside the shows. I'm like, right, in in all kinds of different ways, you know. Mm-hmm. But then that should also carry out into the outside world. Why is this guy mad? He might be mad because he's poor, and I have this, and it's better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like anger is a very useful thing if you can turn it into energy and use it as a propellant. It's true, you know. Yeah. But like you treating other people like punching bags—that's just bad karma. It's a formula. It's a formula for bad karma. I agree. And it's the same thing with the words that we say. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you got to kind of put a delay on things. Yeah. You, know, you can't quick send out a text. You can't quick send out a post or an email. You gotta. You know, you got to sit with things. A lot of people do that now. And you got to let the fire burn down a little and let the smoke clear before before you say things that you can't take back, before you do things that you can't turn back. It's true. You know? Yeah. It's, so it's true. important, you know? Yeah. Especially for guys like us that gravitated to music this enraged, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I feel like the punk thing was like, anarchy, fuck your parents, it's cool to skate too. And then hardcore's like, you know, not not let's not fuck that. Let's fix that. And that's, that's why I feel like hardcore I connected to it. It was like, let's make a change, let's make a difference in the world. Let's not just like say fuck everything and just not do anything about it, you know? Yeah. Let's let's look at all the possible solutions. Let's look at all the different religions and philosophies and you know, styles of governing things politically. Let's look through all of it. Yeah. And let's take the good and discard the bad. Yeah. You know, and one thing too with hardcore it's like if we have a you know if we have the compete conquer exploit mentality we're not doing it right you know what mm-hmm. i mean we're not in competition with each other no. we are a team 100%. we need to be a sisterhood and a brotherhood and help each other yes 100 percent. i totally agree on that yeah do you have any daily rituals you do like a daily thing um no i can't say i do mm. every day is different well I'd have to think about that. Yeah. Are you a coffee guy? Well, I am. I know I'm not supposed to. It's definitely bad for your heart. You yeah. know what I mean? I just. But then again, you know, it's like. <laughs> you, know, you don't I'm do anything a, else. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. I put all this, you know, the vanilla soy creamer in it, which is probably <laughs> hellacious for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I did coffee for the whole month of December, and I quit. I haven't had it since January 3rd. <laughs> it made me so fucking hyper and, like, jittery and had to shit my – it was just so bad for me because that was, like, first real drug I've ever done. For, if, it's, if it is a drug, caffeine, yeah. it, whatever, it's fucking Coca-Cola or whatever. But it fucked me up. I can't do it no more, man. Yeah. I couldn't do it. It's not made for me, man. Yeah. You're pr- probably better off without it. I know, one thing about I loved about Earth Crisis, too, is that whole Earth Crisis Madball connection, which I thought was amazing because – it's just like New York Street and then Earth Crisis and like that tour you guys did. And you guys have been brothers ever since. Like, I love that because I think that was such a good, a good, a good, a good mash. 
Absolutely, yeah. They're definitely one of our favorite bands to tour with. That's awesome, man. I forgot what year that was or who was on that. I don't know if it was Downset Earth Prices. I don't even know what it was. It was different. It was, uh, you know, the joke around name for it was Guilty by Association. What? Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> and it was us oh, shit. and Madball on the only bus that we ever had in the U.S. Holy shit. Yeah. You guys shared a bus? Yeah, and we did the full U.S. And it was. That was 90s, early 90s. It was, it was Scarhead. Oh, my God. And Hatebreed was on a bunch of the shows. Yeah. I think I heard about this. That he's like talking about his crazy tour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And every day something went haywire. Mm -hmm. I yeah. bet there was nobody coming on coming out to that tour trying to throw meat on the crowd and all that shit. You know what? I don't know if there was. Probably not. Hell no. That's a sick fucking pack. It's amazing. But I love that unity there. And I mean, Matt was like, oh, I was like, yo, I fuck with these, my favorite vegans. My, <laughs> I love these guys. Like. Cause he'll break balls still to this day about me being me, me, whatever. Like, but like there was just that they loved you guys. It was awesome, man. I never forget that. And I remember where I was. I was at, I was at DJ's DJ and Guav's house. I was upstairs, and I saw the Madball seven inch. Oh shit! And I think he had Freddie had his hand on a fence, and he's yeah. wearing the Redskins hat. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, dude, this guy was raised by Agnostic Front. Yeah. It's really true, man. He was raised by agnostic. Towards <laughs> <laughs> a baby. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah, I was like, this thing is going to be fucking wild. So I, I would say that, I would say New York hardcore is Earth Crisis because it's the state of New York, but people always think like the boroughs and all that, but you, you live in New York. It's New York for me. I, did you ever did you consider yourself a New York hardcore band? You know what? I would say, truthfully, we are a Syracuse hardcore band. Okay. You know? Respect. And and here's why, you know, because I have so much respect for, you know, guys like Belvy that were in the the first hardcore band from Syracuse, the Catatonics or the okay. Hunted Down Seven Inch, you know, or or Milton's Disciples. They were basically our Murphy's Law. Okay. You know, Fast Furious Death. I mean, we had like good bands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So you represent that, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And then later on, you know, it was like Solstice and Green Rage and Gatekeeper and Framework. And our, you know, some, I mean, some scenes are are a state mm -hmm. or a county. You know, Orange County, Connecticut, yeah, yeah, hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Syracuse has had bands for 30 years, straight yeah. years. You know, Black Sheep Squadron or tr Now Trail Lies or Ghost Ship. Oh, Trail Lies, that's right. Yeah. And most of them have been straight edge. Awesome man, or vegan straight edge, so it's like it's almost like a part of our culture. Yeah, and that a little bit of a more of you know the little dose of metal stirred into things is different too. Yeah, well, well not anymore, but you know, mm -hmm. you've been <laughs> you've been pretty much straight edge your whole life, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's amazing, me too. I haven't tried anything my whole life, and yeah. And for the record, communion at church is taken with white grape juice. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. Oh, people try to question. So that. I wasn't drinking. No, I, say, yeah. I, say I wasn't drinking wine. Yeah, there you go. Oh shit, I didn't even know that. Yeah, because probably because a lot of those old, you know, German and Norwegian guys were probably alcoholics, you know, mm. so they just wanted to keep them away from it. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, both of us same age too. I didn't realize we're the same age. Yeah. Well, my, my wife calls me fifty, so because I'm almost there, but like. Yeah, we got to get used to it. I know. I I feel good though. I feel. Do you feel young? You feel good. Um. Well, keeping in mind 
you know, between all these tours, I'm doing, I've done a lot of blue collar work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the construction and yeah, it's true. You know, you, concrete, stay grinding. you know, and you are outside in the heat and you are outside in the cold, mm-hmm. you know, it's true. You're like a working man, dude. I respect that. I love it, man. Like <laughs> always doing that. Yeah. I thought you did. Re- I thought you did real estate agent for something too. No, my relatives do real okay. estate and I've, you know, I've been their file clerk. I've helped them with things, but. You I never mean, stop working the whole career. Yeah, I, that's, you know, and it's, I definitely respect them and what they do and I can help them when I can. But yeah, I've always, you know, I've always gravitated to that kind of work. You know, we're outside, we're with friends. It's great. You yeah. Know? That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the last three, four hours of the day aren't great. <laughs> Winters must be fucking nuts out there. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's a, uh, a region a little bit north of us called Tug Hill Plateau and the snow, the blizzards come in off of Lake Ontario. Shit. And sometimes there's literally been five feet of snow. You can look it up wow. if you think I'm fibbing, but it's true. It's Fuck. like snowmobilers paradise up there. Do you have a snowboard? I do. Yeah. Still? I do. Well, I'm not good anymore. I just carve. I love it too. Man. I, I can't do, I like falling. I just, I love the feeling. I, I love it, man. Yeah. I suck at it too. Moon's good at it and Max is good. I can't. What about skating? You still skate? I do. Street skate? Well, a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to fucking try and ollie down a flight of stairs or something, <laughs> you know? Old man. Did I you don't want to get hurt, you know? Did you ever do rails and shit like that? You never get to that level? We did, but I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I bomb dropped them. Bomb. I did an ollie to them. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. I bomb drop board slide them or a bomb drop, you know, 50-50 down them. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't. You know, the guys I was skating with were definitely the best guys in the city. Okay. Like, they could ollie fire hydrants in, like, 1989, 1990. Damn. They were, like, Matt Hensley level. Okay. You know, they just had that magic. Yeah. You know, that I wasn't blessed with. But that's okay, too. It's having fun, man. Yeah. It's okay, too. Because, you know, I I pretty much figured it out that music was going to be the thing for me. Yeah. By, like, you know, my mid-teens. It's awesome, man. Yeah. To know that and, and like commit yourself to that it's, it's awesome yeah i was devoting more time to like writing lyrics and you know writing music than i was to the other sports i'm surprised you didn't try to like do like be a professor because you're really smart and like you've you've educated so many people through just your songs and your lyrics and it's almost like poetry and it's powerful and i feel like you could educate a lot of people with like your knowledge of everything happening because i don't know with everything from the history into the future i feel like everything's happening now i said it before the podcast started like Stuff on Age of Core record, then stuff all your albums, everything you talked about is happening now. It's like you sitting back on. I told you, motherfuckers, this is gonna happen because <laughs> the world's changing. It's it's crazy, man. Yeah. People are so conscious of everything they're eating and the fucking environment. Just every everybody's trying to be more conscious, regardless if it's like you said, like are we actually are we actually like saving animals' lives? I I I, I do feel like Impossible Burger and Beyond Burger. Maybe it's not my favorite thing because I I'm more like a vegetable guy. I'm more like on my John Joseph kind of life than just eating that kind of stuff. But the fact that it's there and it's giving people options, I feel like it's definitely putting some sort of a dent. And I know for a fact that impossible and beyond, it's like the biggest threat ever the meat industry ever experienced ever. It, sure. It's insane for because sure. even, even the fast foods carrying it granted, I'm not really, we're not really going to fuck with one of those places we've never been to or, or even want to support since the eighties. But the fact that it's there and it's giving me this opportunity not to eat something that's a dry ass hockey puck, Boca burger, Remember those those dry ass hippie burgers we used to always have to eat. Yeah. That was like a real tasting burger that gives people like all right, vegans food isn't so bad. That, that my whole thing is that like 
Dude, I, I mean, know. that stuff is full of my elderly relatives. You know what I mean? It's like awesome. You stir that into like sauce and noodles and they <laughs> yeah. don't even know what it is. You it's know? crazy, yeah. man. It's pretty convincing at this point. But you think it's a good thing? It's definitely a good thing. But then again, you know, I'm not like a health and fitness vegan. It's like I yeah. am an animal rights activist. You totally. Know? And I want animal liberation to be a reality. Yeah. You know, and I'm starting to doubt I'll see the kinds of results I was hoping for in my lifetime. But some stuff is slowing down. Like fur is starting to slow down a yeah. little bit. You know, and circus and people are paying attention to what's going on in like these marine parks. SeaWorld. Yeah. Whales, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's starting. But I, I just had hoped that, you know, once people could go online and view this footage with their own eyes, that things would accelerate more rapidly. And it hasn't happened to the extent but that I wish. people don't yeah. They're so selfish. And it's a convenience thing for people. That when they see that, I love, I go to this pig vigil every Sunday. We feed the pigs at the slaughterhouse and they kill like 10,000. They become the Dodger Dodge at Dodger Dogs at Dodger Stadium. And I, I love bringing my non vegan friends there. We're giving them water and they're looking into pigs' eyes. Like, I, I, I love that. I think it's super powerful the fact they even go down and check it out. But nobody wants to do that. They just want it, like you said, it's just handed to them to eat it. It's just, it's just, it's more of a, I feel like it's like a, not dissing all humans, but it's almost like, well, I don't want to see how it's made. I like how it tastes. Nobody wants to see the reality of it because they're like selfish and comfortable in the way they live their lives. It's frustrating sometimes. Yeah, but you know what? That is the challenge. That is a challenge for the for the chefs and the people that put all this stuff together. True. It's like I think they can do it. You know what I mean? If satellites can orbit the Earth and submarines can go into the Marianas Trench, I'm sure we can have a vegan steak at some point. Yeah, yeah. For, no, for sure. <laughs> you know, I can, think that's definitely coming, it, though. It can be done. Yeah, it can I've, be done. And people, I think there's going to be more of a call for it. Yeah, I think like a steak should be a luxury. It should be like $100 or $200. That should be something that like you can't have every day. It's something you have to, I don't know. It should be like a luxury. It, it shouldn't even exist, but if it's going to exist, it should be like some like next level. You have to be the different tax bracket even to have a piece of that. I don't know because it is killing so many cows and wasting so many because they're, they're killing and they're overbreeding so many. They're just, they're left for dead. And nobody's, even, it's like they can't keep up with, it, it's crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. No, I can tell you take it serious. You know, you drive by that fucking, they call it Akashowitz. It's between here and San Francisco. I don't know if you guys drove by you there. You saw it today, it's yeah. It's disgusting, man. It smells so fucking bad, and oh, yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah, even like the Holstein dairy cows are getting aced out up there. Mm-hmm. Or getting ready to get aced out. I saw that that milk company went under this past year. That was amazing. It's crazy. Too. That's, it's that's the thing, you know. It's like the other side of it is, you know, being a blue-collar guy and coming from that background, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for farmers. And I have a yeah. tremendous amount of respect for the people that grow the food that, that feeds and that feeds us. So, you know, I don't want somebody to be driven out of business or punished. That's not my goal. Yeah. That's not my objective. My objective is for animals to not suffer, you know, and be exploited and, and slaughtered. For something as trivial as the taste of their flesh, it doesn't need to be happening anymore. You know it what I mean? I mean, it's so barbaric. It's 2020. It's like there's so many alternatives. Yeah, you know, and it's true too. You know, you don't you don't want people just eating things that are made out of soy all the time. No, you know, but at the same time, if we look at the Sikhs and the Hindus and certain types of Buddhists, I mean, those people have been vegetarian or vegan, or the Jains for. Probably hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Yeah. So it can be done. Yeah. You know, we don't need to be living on like a, a pioneer diet anymore. 
No, and it's crazy. I like we're told like milk does the body good, and all these commercials growing up, and the four food groups, and just the stuff that's like shoved in our faces growing up, and it's like, it's it's funny. All that shit's coming out like you don't need that shit. You, there's like all the alternatives to milk that people drink, and and then how how desperate these are. Now I see like there's so many more milk commercials now. Like it's it's just so desperate because everybody's fucking with almond milk and coconut milk and all this shit now it's right it's amazing to see the world trying to change and trying to be even if these big companies are trying to make money off of veganism they're still saving lives in a sense they're saving some sort of lives by how many i guess like one of the biggest months burger king ever had was like two months ago when they launched the impossible was their biggest <laughs> fucking quota yeah. because of that burger it sucks that they're still slaughtering animals as well but it just shows you that people are fucking with something that's not an animal and people are being more open-minded to it it's not like it's just there. It's not really being shoved down the throat. You're at a menu. Okay, there's vegan options. It's everywhere you go. You see vegan, vegan, vegan. Even if it's a trendy-ass trend, I think it's a positive trend because it's saving animals and making people for more aware. You know what I'm saying? What they're eating. Oh, definitely. And I I mean, I've read stuff, and I, I don't have any way to verify whether it's true or not, but I have read that you know, there's a lot of people like under 30 that are choosing to be vegan. Yeah, but that too. You know, it's not like... You know, it's not like the ordeal that it used to be. Like mm-hmm. it is, it is easy enough that if you try, it, it will work. Totally. Yeah. And people back then couldn't even say the word vegan. Remember that? Like they didn't know how to say the word vegan. Yeah. I think the first time I heard vegan was for you, you guys, because I know that you, the Tay, was vegetarian. And I remember when Ray came back and he was uh, Christian conscious, and they were doing um, Witness Alone. He was on the vegan tip at that point. I think we came back from India for the first time. Maybe he's doing the hands. I worked at the Gorilla Biscuits uh, recording studio in Queens. And I'd book all the bands and he'd come in. I remember he's doing hand headstands and all this weird shit. I was like, holy shit. First time coming back from India and talking about veganism and it's crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, thank God for John Joseph and Ray Capo and all these guys that, I mean, they've, they've influenced how you li- think and live and how I think. And yeah. Live. It's just, I, I'm, I'm psyched to be sitting here with you. We're almost 50 years old, and we're both still not eating animals, and we're still straight edge, and still, and but now we're like in the, we're like grown ups, I guess, or I guess we'll never be grown ups, but we're almost 50, and we still feel this way, and it's like, this is unfortunately awesome. as grown up as we're probably going to get. <laughs> you were an instead shirt, went to seven seconds shirt, like, this is a part of our lives, though. It's just like, it's what we grew up on. It's, it's inside of us. It doesn't matter if what we're doing in our lives, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm paying my mortgage or driving my kid to school or I'm in everyday life or going to like school functions, I'm like the freak at the school, but I'm still part of this world. That's, <laughs> it's very underground and dear to me. You know, and people think, oh, punk rock, so exploited, so big. And this is big. And in reality, it's really not like when you try to tell somebody like, oh, I'm in a band called Earth Crisis. They're like, or you tell a stewardess on an airplane, like you're flying to Europe, like what's your band called? I'm like, oh, you never heard of us. We're, we sound like we're mixed between like, I don't know, Green Day Metallica was somewhere not so hard, not so soft, <laughs> H2O, like whatever. Like We're still in this kind of underground world, like in society. Yeah, it is weird. They Like when they'll do like an article, they'll never say the word hardcore. They always say <laughs> punk or yeah. metal. They can't even like give us our own name, acknowledge like the name we choose for ourselves. It's weird. It is crazy, man. And what would be your top five? Do you have a top five at all as far as influences, music, bands or anything? Or Oh, yeah. Um I would definitely say Chromag's Age of Coral. Sick. Gnostic Front Victim in Pain. Um, sick of it all. Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Damn. Going New York Park. Blood, Sweat, strong. No Tears. Forgive me. <laughs> um, I, I'd i say Youth Today Break Down the Walls. Dark, yeah. And probably 
the DYS. I think it's been called Brotherhood and Wolfpack. Yeah, but yeah, it's the yeah. same record. That's strong, man. Yeah. It's a strong top five. For sure. And I could give you a top five in any genre, but in <laughs> our in our world, that, that would yeah. definitely be it. You have a top five hip-hop? Um, Public Enemy would be at the top of the list. And there's definitely some weird stuff that they said. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some of the guys that are kind of like in the outer orbit of that mm. band have said yeah, yeah. that I would strongly disagree with. Totally. But they were kind of punk in the sense the shit they were singing about wasn't shit people really sang about on the radio and where they were coming from. You know what I mean? Like an NWA kind of sense. Right. And the show was a little bit silly with the girls and, you mm. know. But love Public Enemy. Yeah. Run DMC in there. I like Run DMC. You're saying top five, though? Yeah, would you have a top five hip-hop? Top five. I'm trying to think. Who else would be in top you five? KRS-One. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm put vegetarian, him in there. No goat, no him. And you know what? I am going to say it. I love Ice-T, but I will also say, if any of his friends ever listen to this, dude, you got to take it easy with the vegans. Not every vegan's a health nut to be made fun of. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, he does? A little bit. I didn't know that. A little bit. Mm. You know? And I think the health nuts got on his nerves, you know? Okay. But I I okay. then again, that's not the angle we've ever pushed. No. You know? Our angle is animals are sentient beings. You know, their lives are their own. If you ask me, they have a soul for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And whether you believe in that or not, they, they deserve to be respected and, and treated with kindness. Or yeah. simply left alone, for God's sake. Yeah, I think people. But anyways, like, I love I love Power. I think that record was. Oh, awesome. I see Power. Yeah, and the new Body Count's great too. Oh shit! Okay, people talk about that. I really yeah. heard it yet. That's so, cool. So we got what three? He's down with the core too. He definitely is. Yeah, yeah. So we how many? Yeah, got, I need I, three so far. I got two more to go. You said they're a bass, which I thought was amazing. I yeah, I like them, but I wouldn't put them in the That's top like five. That's like one record, two records. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, I would put Grandmaster Flash, wow. Furious Five, Melly Mel in there. Dude, The Message, that song? Sick song. Yeah. And you saw them, which is fucking amazing. I dude. did. Moon's Jealous. Um, the Message is so good. Yeah. And I think I was 12. I have that LP. Yeah, but you didn't see them live. I think I was 12, okay. but I might have been. Th no, 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 I wasn't 12. I was probably 13 or 14 at the oldest. Okay. Because we were kids. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Grandmaster, Ice-T, Public Enemy. KRS One, KRS One, so sick. Yeah, one who, more. Who would I put in there? Let's think. Um, and there's a lot of hip hop that's entertaining, but I don't connect with it, you know, because it's not me. Did you like Tribe or De La Soul or Wu Tang or in the '90s shit? Kooji um, Rap, uh, Biggie, Tupac, Nas, Jay Z. Uh, like I said, I like that stuff, but I I couldn't say it's top five. Yeah, Eric B. Rakim. Oh, fuck yeah. There it is. Go. Oh, yeah. Top five. <laughs> yeah. Eric B. Rakim is one of the greatest, man. Yeah. He never really swore on records because I, just, I saw this recently in an interview that he knew his mom and dad was going to listen to it. So if you listen to those records, people, he barely swears on the records, man. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. He's one of the best lyricists. And yeah. He's a rhyme smith for sure. Did you, have any, did you have any inspiration for your lyrics, like poetry or writers, or you just wrote from your, from your heart? Well, I, I've always had kind of a... My own, you know, my own approach is I'll write a short story mm -hmm. or I'll write an essay. Okay. And then I'll go through, and I know that sounds painful to hear, essay. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and, uh. Moon just came oh, in with the Sugar Hill Records. Yeah. That's killer. <laughs> um, 
And then I'll go through it with a highlighter <laughs> and I'll be like, this line's cool. Holy shit. Really? You know, or that, you know, I said something similar to this before. I'll put a line through it. Damn. You know, but I'll go through and I'll, oh, Moon's shit. Moon's frosting on the table with all the Sugar Hill records. That um, is amazing. That's cool. You put lines in it, highlight and shit. Wow. Yeah, the stuff that I like. And I'll, yeah. it, and I'll like slice that out and put it in songs and build rhyming couplets off of it. I think it's rappers do the same thing, kind of, I think. Do they? Yeah, I've seen that before. Oh, that's cool. Just slice it up, put it together. Yeah. That's cool. Because I mean, you scribble ideas down, you put it together and make it fucking work. Yeah, but I would. I would, ri- I would write it out like, or I will. I'll write it out like a short story, an essay, and like try and prove a point. It's cool. Or try and express a viewpoint. Or, you know, whatever it is that I'm feeling. And that's the other thing, too. I think people should keep in mind with hardcore. It's like something may feel like it's about you, you know, which can be unfortunate. But mm. what it, what is the band or the singer trying to do? They're trying to vent out a negative emotion. Totally. And I think if we don't call people out by name, which I think is a very classless thing to do, you know, it's like, you can you can ex- you can kind of you know release that anger from yourself through through the music totally you know it's like therapy in a weird way I guess so did you ever you ever go therapy before um I, well, I was getting in fights in school and I guess I had to go yeah counselor or something or yeah I'm too Irish for that I'm not telling pe- <laughs> I'm not telling people everything that's going on in my brain you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I never did therapy either, but I st- I think I need. It. I always t- I always mention stuff. I think me and my brothers need it for sure. Uh, with shit, my dad dying at a certain age and whatever, we have issues. Definitely have dad issues, and I definitely think that me and my brothers personally should definitely do it before I die one day. Is maybe go talk to somebody. But I do it through my lyrics too. I try. It's a very therapeutic writing shit, you know. Yeah, getting it out. Yeah, because that's that's a part of what this is. You know, it's like. You know, we can share those ideas and we can vent that anger or that depression out of ourselves, you know? Yeah. You feel like you got a lot of anger out with your music? Oh, it, I have to have the music. Yeah. Literally. Like, I said, like I said, I think there's like, I think I've had like 28 releases since like 89. Damn. Man. If you add up all the different bands. Yeah. You know? And you still want to keep releasing music, right? Dude, I, there's things I want to say, you know? I love that, man. And I feel like I do. I feel like there are some times when I can offer some advice or, you know, express things from a, a certain point of view that could be helpful for people. Yeah. And, and, I, and one thing I think about, too, it's like, man, I wish somebody had said this to me mm-hmm. when I was, you know, feeling down or feeling frustrated when I was like 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah. You know, had somebody laid this out. Hey, man, you don't need to feel personally offended by this because here's what's going on in that guy's mind. Yeah, I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something I'm trying to do, like on the new Freya record that we just recorded. It's awesome. Yeah. So that, that's that been my approach. I love it. And you inspired a lot of people and changed a lot of lives, whether you think so or not. And um, I want to thank you for your voice. You've always used your voice in, uh, in that way and speaking up for the animals and Way before people even knew what the word vegan was, or people knew about animal rights, or sea shepherds and all that stuff, you like, you were you were in the forefront of that man at a really early age, and it's impacted a lot of people, man, in a positive way. I think so, man, and we and we owe an eternal debt of gratitude to Conflict. Okay. Oh yeah, that's the, right. The British punk band. Yeah. You know, kind of thrashy punk. Yeah, band. I know. Yeah. Dude, great lyrics, to- super focused on animal liberation. 
and concrete socks and obviously use it today yeah because it, they were so direct yeah their approach you know? like that no more video was and crazy. and more than a by john joseph just stopped by some slaughterhouse and hear the animals cry yeah I mean, that was probably 85 or four that he wrote that yeah it's true man it's really true man so I hope the animals appreciate all the people in hardcore <laughs> who's been screaming for them for years. Yeah, we're not all bastards. Exactly. Um, shit, I could talk to you all night, but we have to go see Snapcase now and get this guy back to his show. So if I think of anything else, I'm going to call you on the phone, which I hate doing phoners, but we talked for an hour and a half, which is awesome. And I, we covered everything, things we should have covered and things we shouldn't have covered, so I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, here's another one. No one should ever break up. Never break your band up. I never broke up. Do a hiatus. Yeah, we did hiatus for six years. Hiatus. Yeah. No one should ever break up. You guys band. ever broke up. That's right. Yeah. But we did the same thing. It's like we're playing in Path Resistance with all the same guys. <laughs> there was no need to break it up just because we moved into different states. Yeah, that's smart. Or, you know? Yeah. And we didn't know that, you know, hey, I can just write songs and email them to you. Yeah. And you can put it together in your home studio. Mm. And then we can, like, we didn't think that that was a possibility at the time. Yeah. You know, but now, you know, obviously it works fine. So Christian, uh, was Cabby your number one skater? I mean, all those dudes, man. I mean, I loved him and Rob Mertz and Scott Rob Stanton. Mertz. You know, Straight like I skater. said, like the like the Zorlak thing was real big for us because of Russ from okay. Texas. Yeah, and the Pusshead art, and oh, Sick. he's a singer of Septic Death. I mean, just everything was like connecting. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but the I mean, like I said, the the Bones, the first Bones Brigade movie Life that came changer. out. Yeah. Game I mean, there's, they captured such a cool, like, you know, spirit of eternal youth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. And they weren't vulgar and they weren't hostile and, you know, they weren't yeah. negative. I mean, and Good I'm point. sure those guys went through all kinds of awful stuff. Totally. Because that was an underground sport and I'm sure they suffered for it. Yeah. You know? They made that thing look so easy to skateboard and just the flying off the ramps. It was just so surreal, man. But, uh, but the, like I said, like, the, like for me, like what I got out of it, it's like, yeah, this is... This is the fountain of youth, like music and skating, you know? Yeah, man. It went hand in hand. And that's the other thing, too. When I say no one should ever, no one's band should ever break up. Dude, Lemmy from Motorhead played until the end. He did, and I man. think he was in his late 60s or early 70s he did, when he man. passed away. He did. 75. Okay. Well, he looked. Wow. I mean, he did not look 75. Nah, man. And we got to play with them and see them. Oh, wow. At a fest in Europe. And I. I never got to see him. We were always out of town. Okay. When they would play The Lost in Syracuse. Yeah. But I got to see them, thank God. It was amazing. Like t maybe three years before he passed away. Wow. Yeah. So you played to the end, man. Yeah. Yeah. You never want to stop playing, huh? There's no need to. That's a good point. You know, man. as long as kids aren't like, well, you know, it wasn't great. They weren't diving off the speaker stacks like they used to. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's like. Yeah. It's like, just come on, dude. You got to be real about it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, we are. We're middle-aged men. You know what I, I mean? Know, man. We can't, we can't like, have a bone break now. You know what I you mean? You ever think you'd be singing in Earth Crisis at 50? Absolutely. I'll be 50 in a couple more months. It's just crazy thinking about that back then. It's like, holy crap. I've been to spend half my life, man. It's crazy. Yeah, but think about it. Like, John and Mackie are, have, yeah. I think, the strongest lineup for Chrome Eggs I've ever had. Yeah, it's amazing. Like the music has such a high level of like precision, you know. Yeah. And the same for Agnostic Front. True. I was just on tour with them. I saw them every night. They kill it every night, man. Yeah. They look great. Yeah. Keeps you young. Shit keeps you. Stuff keeps you young. For sure. Well. And and the other thing too, it's like, 
Look, John Joseph probably just put out the best album ever with that blood clot full length. Mm. Like he's singing and he's trying different things vocally yeah, that like he that hasn't done himself, before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, who knows when, you know, during what era or what decade or what stage you're gonna write your Age. judge bringing it down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or your blood, sweat, no tears. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or your quickness. It's a great record. Yeah. Oh yeah, bring it. If you have judge me top five, woo! Yeah, like think about it. Quickness, like that was probably like twenty years in for Bad yeah, Brains, right? Yeah, it was. I like. Well, that. maybe not twenty years. I, I like. I but they started in the seventies, right? Yeah, I like. I get signed quickness almost better than the faster records. Personally, I like the the groovy shit. Exactly. The breakdowns because you like hip hop. Yeah, true. It's got the rhythm and shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a clip to swear. All right, mom. I guess. Oh, Carl, thank you so much. We covered. A lot, everything, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, man. Except. And one more, want. and one more thing. Say whatever you want. And thank you from the bottom of our hearts, from everyone EC, to everyone that has supported and appreciated our band and followed us, you know, getting records, going to shows, all the tattoos. So many. You know, all the. Shout outs on thanks lists and you know, people saying cool things about us in their own interviews. Yeah. Like it really does mean the world. Yeah, man. You guys you guys you guys had a powerful impact on people and still do it to this day and you're a very humble human and I'm honored to call you my friend. What are you doing here? Um and have you on my podcast. <laughs> and uh, I'm psyched for Max to see them tonight, Earth Christ. Never seen you guys before. I think it's really gonna yeah. like it. Max likes the hard music. Um doesn't give a shit about my threat, stuff about my threat. But Carl, thank you for your time. We covered a lot of stuff, and I might call you on the phone because I always usually do that and get more questions. But we covered a lot of good things. This flowed really nice, and um, I learned a lot about you today. I have a lot more respect for you. That's what I like about the podcast. I can think I know something about somebody to have on the podcast and actually learn more things about them later on in life. You know? Yeah. So uh, thank you, Carl, for everything you've done and uh, given to this planet. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you, and I'll I'll see you in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to do the next one.